it's tough. I don't know if I remember much It's perfect besides for the chairs. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Beautiful. All right, today's daf is daf Lama Dalid. Page 34 of Here we go. We are up to the very, very top words on Daf Lamadalid, and let's remind ourselves of where we're up to. So the mission on, La, on Lama Gimel Lama Beis, uh gave us a situation where you had two men who married two women, and then they were going into chuppah, and their wives were switched. Their wives were exchanged, and we just established on the bottom of Lamad Gimel Lama Beis, it needs to be talking about a case where it was shaygig. It has to be, we must be dealing with a case where it was done unintentionally. Now, the, the, we had a statement, and that is, Rebchia taught us that the case of our Mishnah is a situation where you're going to have 16 carbon chatas. How are you going to have 16 carbon chatas? Because you have four people, you have two men and two women, and each one of them has transgressed four, uh, potentially transgressed four Isurim in the Mishnah. Let's remind ourselves what the four Isurim were. That's going to be very important. Number one, Eshesish, the other woman is a is a Eshesish. Number two is if she is, happens, the two women happen to be sisters, she's also Eshesach. Number three is going to be Nida. And number four, um, uh, if they're brothers, if, if they're sisters, also Achais uh, Isha, um, the sister of your wife, okay? And therefore you have four transgressions each, 16 karbonas title, total, Mamish Meridik. Okay. Says the Gemara like this: Uman Tana Now, who is the Tana of our Mishnah who says Isser Kailo Isser Maisif Isser Bebas Achas? Who's going to be the Tana of Mishnah? Because notice, and we'll go through each one. There's Gishmak. How, in order to say that you're high of four carbonates each, you're going to have to hold of Isser Maisif, Isser Kail, and Bas Achas. You're going to have to hold that all those things. Are all considered uh, extra. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rabbi, you just said Amar Rabbi. It's Rameiri, it's Rameiri. The Tanam with them to Mishnah Yesh Eichel Achila Achas that you can have one eating. The Chayav Al Allah Arba Chatois Vashem Echad. And for one act of eating, you could be Chayav four carbon chatos, four unintentional offerings, as well as an Asham. Tamei Shachal Chaylev. So what's the case of eating where you're going to be Chayav four carbonas? You have a guy who's Tamei Shkayich. Does Tamei matter yet? Not yet. But he eats Chaylev. Chaylev in general is forbidden fats. Now Herzachain. As soon as an animal comes into the world, it's chaylev is osir. It's for it, there's parts of the animal that are forbidden fat, pre-existing condition. As soon as it's born, mukdashim. Now this guy, the the fats also belong to hektish. So now we have two things kicking in. Number one is that he's mayol behektish. He's benefiting from hektish. Number two is now we know why tummy matters because now you're a tummy shachal hektish. Okay, Viter. And Biyam Kippurim. And it's Yom Kippur, eating on Yom Kippur, Mechadik. Yes, he got four Isurim. Now, keep in mind, are these four Isurim happening at once? No. Because, again, Chaylev is a pre existing condition. That's coming from before. Okay? That is the Isser Kail. Because that applies to everybody. And then you're going to have. The tame aspect, as well as the nice, as well as the meila aspect, and and then you're going to have an additional problem that Yom Kippur kicked in. Yom Kippur showed up. So Rav Meir, I'm there. It's one achila, but the each iser came through a different stage. One, uh, that's right. The isurim presented themselves. The chelav presented itself two years ago when the animal was born. Let's say, 
Okay? The Tomei transgression, as well as the Meila transgression, presented itself when the owner made it hectish. That was at a later stage. Okay? And the, um, the Yom Kippur aspect came in only when it was Yom Kippur. So you have three different things all happening, Babas Achas. So Rav Meir says, you should know, I could add a fifth. Let's say it was Yom Kippur and Shabbos, and he, he carried it uh, uh, in his mouth before swallowing it. Chayiv, there's a fifth carbon. Amrulay, they said to him, Enam and Hashem. No, we're not going to add that in. Okay, be it as it may, you see an opinion here of Rav Meir that we have Isser Kail, Isser Maisif, as well as Babas Achas. Now let's pause for a minute and remind ourselves why we got onto this and how this presents itself back to, uh, back to our Mishnah. So here we go. Let's go back to our case and notice how it's Isser Kolel, Isser, we just explained by eating. How about by the erva of our case? How are we connecting this? Here we go. Gavaldik. Let's give names. We love names. Pick on Ruvain and who's Ruvain's wife? Leah. All right, Leah's the oldest sister. So we're going to pick on Ruvain and Leah. So Ruvain marries Leah. As soon as Ruvain marries Leah, she becomes Usr to Shimon as his brother's wife. Right? Leah is now Usr to Shimon as her brother's wife. There's another Isr that's pre-existing right now that happening at the same exact moment. You know what that Isr is? In Ish. She's a married woman. So as soon as she marries Reuven, as soon as Leah marries Reuven, she's an Ish. And she becomes my brother's wife. As far as Shimon only is concerned. Ish to the whole world, but brother's wife to Shimon. Okay. Then, Shimon marries Rachel. So now, as soon as he marries Rachel... There's an added transgression of she, Leah, is now also my wife's sister, okay? And there's more people being impacted as well. You know why? Because there's more people becoming usher to him as his wife's sister. Until he married Rachel, did any other siblings in the family have a transgression to Shimon as wife's sister? No, because Shimon was never married. So as soon as Shimon marries Rachel, there's added prohibitions on to... Uh, you know, th- there's an added prohibition of now they're also um, my wife's sisters. Okay. Then, Rachel is still permitted to Shimon because she's his wife. But then she becomes Anida. Okay? That's happening later. The Nida aspect is, uh, is happening later. Thereby, you have all the Isurim happening, and that's how uh, the Shitas Rav Meir by the, by the Achila, and the Shitas Rav Meir by, by uh, the Araya, by the, the uh, switching of the wives, all happens uh, in, in tandem. Again, Isser Kail, Isser Maizif, and Bebas Achas. Okay. Says the Gemara, the Rav Meir Ali Badaman. Who is Rav Meir following? Now, the Mishnah here assumes that we're Tamidei Chachamim. What do you mean? That we know Shas. All right. Now, thank you, Hashem Farashi. Okay? There's a Shas Sugya. Listen to the Shas Sugya. Here's what happens. There's a Machoikas in Rebbeir and Rabbi Yeshua, who are, by the way, Rebbeir's Grand Rebbe. Grand, you have a grandfather? Grand Rebbe. Rebbeir learned by Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Akiva is Rebbe and Rebbe Yeshua and Rebbe Eliezer. Okay? So we're going to try to figure out Rav Meir's opinion here, who he's following. Now there's a, here's the, the Veltz Machlaikas. Rabbi Shu and Rabbi Lezer have a Machlaikas. If let's say you have a male, and the male has two babies in front of him on Shabbos. Now say what you want about how cute babies are. As soon as they're born, they all look alike to me. 
Yeah, it takes, it takes a little bit of time till they, they, they fill out. All right? He's got two babies in front of him. One baby, it's Shabbos. One baby's bris milah is supposed to be Shabbos. Another baby's bris milah is supposed to be Sunday. And by mistake, he switched. He did the, sun, the one that was supposed to be on Sunday, which is not even considered a milah. If you do it, lefnei the halacha is, that same baby you did, the next day you got to do a tofas dam bris on yom, on yom ches. You're going to have to do bris again, which you take a little bit of drop. Over the maizah, he intended to do a mitzvah, but he, he switched them by mistake. He made a mistake. He's got to bring, so now he's got a, he's got an iser on his hand. Rabbi Yeshua is of the opinion, Rabbi, oh, it's Shabbos, right? Because now you cut a baby on Shabbos when there was no mitzvah. There was no mitzvah. This was a Sunday baby. He had no mitzvah to do it. So Rabbi Yeshua says that, you know, there's no chi of chattas. You know why? Because even though it's unintentional, you were attempting a mitzvah. If you're attempting a mitzvah, then, says Rabbi Yeshua, there's no chiv, without getting into the sugya uh, as to why. Rabbi Shua says no. Even if you're, Rabbi, Aki, Rabbi Eliezer holds, you're still mechoy of a karmach That is the machlekes when it comes to a mitzvah. Okay? Now, here's, here's the background of the Gantzazach. Ready for this? Here's the whole thing. The case of our Mishnah, when they're coming into chuppah, kedushin is a mitzvah. So do you have the same machlekes between Reb Meir's grand rabbeim of Brismila? Can we connect it to our Mishnah to hold whether who Reb Meir's following, Reb Yishu and Reb Lezer, Because again, marriage is a mitzvah. And now you're making a mistake. Like in a marriage, within an element of a marriage, you just consummated your marriage with the wrong woman, like the guy who did a Brismila on the wrong baby. All right? Clark, questions? Yeah? Let's get into this. Gavali. Who's following If he's following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, now again, Rabbi Yeshua held there's no chattas because you attempted a mitzvah. According to Rabbi Yeshua, he can't be, Rabbi Yeshua can't be following Rabbi Yeshua because what did we say in the Mishnah? 16 carbon chattas. Yeah? Hello? According to Rabbi Yeshua, there ain't no chattas. I'll leave it to Rabbi Yeshua. He must be following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua who holds that when you're attempting to do a mitzvah and you make a mistake, you still bring a carbon. So the Gemara says, that's one possibility. He's following the opinion of Rabbi Yisrael. Another possible explanation is, really, Rabbi Meir is following the opinion of Rabbi Yisrael, who holds that by a mitzvah there's no carbon. Where does Rabbi Yisrael hold? That by a, like a bris mila. When you attempt to do a mitzvah, you're put from a carbon. That's only by bris mila. You know why? There's a set time that a mila needs to be done. Day eight. Can you do a bris mila day seven? No. Can you do a bris mila on day nine? Yeah, but you missed your time. So there's a set time. When there's a set time, yeah? You ever try to light Shabbos candles on time? Come out of the shower, be ready to cover Shabbos. Instead of Shabbos, uh, instead of us waiting for Shabbos, Shabbos waits for us, unfortunately, many times. Right? So, says uh, Zok the Gemara, the Gemara says, like, says the Gemara like this. Buy a baby, so there's extra pressure. So maybe that's where Rabbi Yeshua says, you know, there's extra pressure. You have the pressure of a mitzvah hanging over your head. We're not going to be mechaev you in a chattas. Marriage. Does marriage need to take place on a specific date? Nisht. <laughs> People set their chasnas, whatever's convenient for them. Right? You don't say, uh, you're engaged, get married tomorrow, you have a mitzvah, no, get cracking. You, right? you set a time that works out. Avolhai, but in the case of our Mishnah, kivan de'inzman bol, since he's not, he doesn't have a time hanging over his head, Maybe Rabbi Yeshua would hold your even though you're attempting a mitzvah. Now, but that concept is, first of all, as a mitzvah, second of all, to prevent averis. 
in a chanami. But is there a set time where the Torah says you need to get married? No. See, you don't feel rushed. And therefore, Rabbi Yeshua holds, it's only when you have the added, this, this mamish, a very deep thing. It's a heligate thing. Very, very holy. A person has pressure of a mitzvah. It's a, it's a, it's a holy place to be. The Shor Makdashim talk about the, the um, struggle of a person who wants so badly to do a mitzvah, but there's another mitzvah in the way. Right? A person wants to come to shul. A person wants to come to the entire do a go minion. He's got a chiyav elsewhere. He's got a chiyav elsewhere. Okay, you got to know what to do. Which one overrides? The struggle alain is a, is a, is a, brings kedusha to the world. That's what the chum does. Just the struggle of like, what do I do? Do I take care of this? Do I take care of this mitzvah in my house? Do I take care of this mitzvah of chesed? Do I take care of that? I go. The, the struggle alain is itself a holy pressure. Says Rabbi Yeshua, when you have a holy pressure because you're limited time, there's only you can only be in one place at one time. There's no karmachatas. But when you have a mitzvah, but there's no pressure without it, no karmachatas. Very some, something. It's a, it's a holy thing. Says the Gemara. Okay, Beseder. So now this is another way. So according to the first Tarets, Rav Meir's Taka following Rebbe Yezer. And the Chayav Chatas. According to the second Tarets, even Rabbi Yeshua would agree that you're Mechayav Chatas in our Mishnah because you're not pressed for time. Any questions about that? Clear? Okay. Says the Gemara. We're now going to challenge this premise. The premise in the Ibayas Ema is if there's no time pressure... Reb Yeshua would hold your taka mechuyah v'chatas like our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, one second. When a person eats truma as an Avera, there's no time to eat truma. V'kapata, Reb Yeshua still says, you're not chayav in a carbon chatas. Okay. So here we go. A person, so the Tanan, let's get into the case. We don't do the Mishnah. You have somebody eating truma in, in, a, in a proper way. You have a kain, he's eating truma. Simcha gon, eating truma. Merdi. And then, oh, so that's not Simchakon. And then somebody tells him, oh, by the way, you know, you're not a real Kayin. Because you really, we didn't know, but your mother was a Grusha or a Chalutza, so your father wasn't allowed to marry her. And Mamela, you don't have the status of a Kayin. Rebbe says, your mamish like a regular Yisrael who eats truma, and your mechayev, the principal plus the chaymish, Rebbe Shua paiter, and Rebbe Shua says, Pater. Why? Because you're a kayan who was attempting the mitzvah of eating truma. Mamele, you're not going to be mechayev. Now, is there any time pressure on the guy when he's in? No, there's no time pressure bechlal. So still you see, Rebbe Shua holds your pater even when there's no time pressure. Hence, it should be the same by marriage, and Rebbe Shua cannot stem with Rebbe Meir in our Mishnah. That's right, but he was attempting the mitzvah. It's like a guy who's bail a woman, your brother's wife. You never ultimately did the mitzvah. It was your brother's wife. You thought you were doing the mitzvah. You thought it was your wife. Yeah? Says the Gemara, no. We already learned about the case of Chuma. Amra Vibi Barabai. Rabbi Barabai says, Here we're dealing with Chuma on Erev Pesach. You've got to make sure that the Chuma is eaten because you're not allowed to leave it over. Otherwise, it's going to become, uh, you know, it's going to enter its uh, forbidden time. And that's where Rabbi Shua will hold your Mechayiv of Karban. But it may be in a Chanami. If your time is not rushed, he's not going to hold. There is a Chi of Karban. Gavaldik. Okay. Viba Yusema. Or another possible way to explain the opinion of Rebbeir is, the Isser Bebasachas, our Mishnah is dealing with a Isser that takes place in one time, 
Aliba de Reb Shimon. And we're following the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. What does it mean, something that happens at one time? So here we go. Says the Gemara. Bishlam Akulu, it makes sense by Eishas Ish, Eishas Ach, and Achais Isha, the first three prohibitions of this woman. So we can find a case where you have two brothers who want to marry two sisters, and they both appoint the one shliach to marry these women. I'm sorry, they each appoint their own shliach, and one shliach goes to the wrong wife, the other shliach goes to the wrong wife. Okay, the shluchim swapped, and Mamela, that's why they made a mistake. Okay. How could Nida happen at one moment? Okay? In other words, you know, uh, the, the need on both women isn't going to happen at punct, uh, punct the same time. So the Gemara says, Amar Vamar Mamar Rav, Rav Amar says the name of Rav, The case is where the both women that got married were really started their Nidus Younger than that, younger than age twelve. Now, shleisha usher means thirteen. But notice what we call a twelve-year-old is really a girl entering her thirteenth year. If somebody's sixty-five years old, they're in their sixty-sixth year of life. They've completed sixty-five years. Right, the first year of your life, you're zero. Okay. So, if let's say the nidus started before the before the thirteenth, um, I'm sorry, made a mistake. We're not talking about the women. We're talking about the husbands. The husbands were not yet bar mitzvah. So the women started menstruating and the husbands are now turning 13. So uh, So now the chiyuv, the chiyuv are both starting at the same time. But for the women, as far as before and after the 12th birthday, that's what's going to be the women. Okay. So that's another way to view and say that the Isernidas happened at the same time. At Basachas, it happened at one moment as well. But the Gemara just tried doing over here is to show us how the case of our Mishnah is inclusive in a, of a case of Basachas as well. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now going to enter a fascinating, fascinating conversation um, that's going to take us to the bottom of Ahmed Bey's. Here we go. Says the Gemara. Mafrishanaisan. We established our Mishnah to be a mistake. Nobody, nobody here did anything on purpose. Right? Because otherwise, no way the women go back. So what did we pass? And we said, okay. So you got each wife, despite the fact that it was a mistake, and there was no real biblical transgression of Eishasish, she still has to separate from her husband for three months. Why? So we know the yichus of the child. So let's say there's a nine-month baby. We have to know. Is it seven months from the second husband? Or is this a nine-month baby from the first? And the kids are moms are. All right? So we have to, we have to figure that out. Says the Gemara, one second. Aren't we dealing with the night of Chuppah? Yeah. So it's a chayin. Ask the Gemara a basic question, which there's a big discussion whether it's practical, and that is, Va'ein isha misaberes rishayna. A woman cannot become pregnant from bia rishayna, which is the bia that causes her to lose her virginity, that causes her to break the hymen. The same bia which breaks the hymen is not possible to impregnate. Now we know now, now there's a whole conversation um, about what this, what this um, uh, Gemara means. Okay, um, Chazal say this. The question is, are Chazal saying this as a scientific fact of those times and times have changed? That's one approach. 
Another approach is, I believe the night of Yehuda says that no. The question is that Lemaisa, rave women, majority of women, are not going to become pregnant from the beer, from the beer which breaks the hymen. Okay? And therefore, the Gemara is saying, if, if there's a strong rave against this, why are we saying in this situation, these two women, who are now first learning, losing their virginity, have to separate from their wives? Why don't we use a very strong rave to say, stay with, stay with your husband and there's no concern the, about the child? Okay, but be it as it may, the statement is: Why are we causing the separation? Lamaisa, a woman cannot conceive from the from the the first act of being. Answer the Gemara: Amr Nachman, Amr Rabba Barabu, Nachman says name Rabba Barabu Shabalu Vishano. I'll tell you, it was the first night, and they had bia twice. Okay, so the first bia can't make her pregnant. All right, but then they went for a second bia, and the second bia still, you know, the whole thing was a mistake. Again, the shluchim got mixed up, the wives got whatever it was. The whole thing was unintentional. So was the second one, Mimela, that's, so that's going to be the case where if they did a Biyashniya, you're going to have to separate. That's one approach. Or you could say since it was possible for a Biyashniya that first night to impregnate her, that's why everybody needs to separate. I says the but this Rebchia taught us There's six uh, Gavaldik, but Rebchia said there's 16 Karmachatas because you did an act of, of Znus, and each one needs to bring four carbonates, as the Gemara Gishmak. If they did two bias, guess what? There's 32 carbonates. Tlosa betartan have because they did two separate, two separate acts. Each act is of each one four. So each person's going to have to bring eight carbon chatas. Eight times four is 32. So don't tell me we're dealing with a case of a double bia. Says the Gemara in response, okay. Ultamech, but according to your Sfarah, Rebbe Lezer, Mechayev, Akol, Koyach, Koyach. Rebbe Lezer holds your Mechayev on every, on each and every Koyach, meaning each and every, uh, in, in this context, Koyach means thrust. Each thrust of Bia, Tuva Havyan, you should be Mechayev even more than 32. Ella, the Bekayach Rishon, Gachashev. Rather, you know what we say, it's Koyach Rishon, Hachanami, the Bia Rishon, Gachashev. We only Mechayev on the Bia Rishon. Let's explain this halacha. Very interesting, very interesting case. You have a couple that's having bia together, beheter. Beheter, it's completely mutter. Though they realize, the wife realizes, that's the case of the Mishnah, the wife realizes she feels her uterus opening. She realizes she's having a flow. Okay? Or they see, dam. What's the halacha? The halacha is halacha You know what you have to do? So, if the husband is inside, the husband has to wait until the aver softens and comes out by itself. Because each thrust of the aver is considered its own part of pleasure. That's the opinion of Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer says each and every thrust that a person has with an either, it's not about the bia rishayna or a bia shnia. It's, it's, it's about the multiple, each time there's multiple s. The Gemara says, if we're found the pin of Rebbe Lezer, why you only mechoyev 16? However many thrusts there were with the bia, you should uh, however many, right? So Gemara says no, because granted, Rebbe Liezer's, uh, says you know there's, there would be a chi of curries if you don't wait till the aver softens. If you if you have a, a situation like that, but lemaisa as far as the the carbon chatas is concerned, you're only going to be mechuy of a carbon chatas for the initial uh, the, the the initial thrust. Okay, fine. Memela, Rebbe Liezer also will fit with, fit with our Mishnah. Okay. 
Says the Gemara Viter. Amrle Rabbler of Nachmin. Rabba says of Nachmin, now turn to Lamid Dalit Omid Bayes. Don't tell me and we're just prefacing the words. Says the Gemara, don't tell me a woman does not become pregnant from from a Biarishina. Tamar Abra. Tamar became pregnant from Yehuda and it was her Biarishina. It was her first Bia. Now remember, was Tamar married previously? Yeah, she was married to Erva Einon, right? Yehuda didn't want to give the third child, and therefore she went for Yehuda, but the Miser, she became pregnant. So Gemara says, don't tell me that women don't become pregnant from Bia Rishayna. They certainly do. So Malaysia Nachman explains, no, Tamar be'etzba ma'aka. Tamar needed to become pregnant. So what she did, she broke her virginity with her finger. She broke her hymen. And therefore, when... Uh, when Yehuda had relations with her, she was capable of conceiving. The number of Yisrael, it says, Kol Mayachai shall base, shall base Rebbe. Um, any any um, Tamar Shmon, um, any member of Rebbe's Mishpacha that that uh, breaks their own virginity, they're called Tamar. That was the, that became their nickname. V'lama Nikra Shmon Tamar Farvaz, Hashem Tamar Shem Akva Be'etzba. Because of Tamar, who was Ma'akev Be'etzba. Okay, so um, the Mefarshim here explain that this was actually a good thing that they did. They would purposely, they would purposely uh, make sure their hymen was broken because their husbands were constantly in Kail. They were always learning Taira and they weren't always available to have Bia with their wives. So their wives were doing whatever it, take, whatever it took to ensure that whenever their husbands were with them, they would, more, they would have a higher level of possibility of conceiving. Be it as it may, right? Tamar was considered a tzedekis. Okay, be it as it may, the Gawar is giving an answer and saying Tamar did not become pregnant from, from um, a Bia that, that uh, broke her Basulim, because the Basulim were already broken. She was married twice. So this, is the, this is what Gemara says. Ervainan did not have Bia with her in the normal way. Okay, they had Bia with her in an unnatural way. Says the Gemara, Mesvei, says the Gemara, is that really true? I'll ask you a challenging question. Kol Esmar Bachaydesh for 24 months. Dosh mi bifnim bizareya bechotz. Listen to this. Women, again, this is one of these things that nature nowadays works a little different, but there are, interestingly, a lot of practical halachas when it comes to how a, 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 a Paisik will rule when it comes to. Um, family planning and things of that sort. It used to be that women would nurse their child for a full two years, for a full uh, for a full twenty four months, and there was a concern that if she would become pregnant, let's say a person's wife is nursing the baby, there was a concern if she would become pregnant within two years, her milk will dry up and it's going to impact the baby in a negative way. He's not going to have the proper nutrition, and therefore during two years following a child. Um, for 24 months, dashmi bifnim, the husband should thresh inside, vizayra bechutz, and seed outside. Okay. Tibi Rebbe Lezer, that was the opinion of Rebbe Lezer. Amrulai, they said to him, no, halalu ene elaka maise erva einen. If you do this, it's like erva einen. Erva einen didn't want to have children. Okay, so this is what they would do with Tamar. They had a natural bia, but when it came time to release for the seed, they would remove themselves. So we see that Erva Ainan didn't have unnatural relations. They had natural relations, but they didn't have children because they would only release afterwards. 
So you see again that don't tell me Tamar conceived. Don't ask me. I how could Tamar conceive on her Biyari Shaina from Yehuda? She, she was she, she already had relations with her previous husbands. Answers the Gemara. What we mean is it's similar to Ervainan, but not completely. Meaning, it's when a person again. Um, Threshes inside and then and then seeds outside. That's like when he would come to his brother's wife in the act of yibum. He would shiches. He would destroy the seed arza on the ground. So when a person does this, you're doing the same thing that they did. Like but also it's not exactly the same as the Over there, they didn't. Ervainan didn't take any risks. Right? They had bia unnaturally. Plus, they would have they, they would seed onto the ground. However, <clears throat> by us, by, by, by this case, we're dealing with a natural cohabitation. Um, however, the, the, it was only the seeding that, the, you know, that would happen on the ground that was different. Okay, bottom line is we're sticking with our, we're, sticking, we're, we're explaining why we had an original question. And again, what was the answer? That Tumba, the, the, the bee of Yehuda didn't actually break her hymen because Tamar made sure that she already lost her besulim. Okay? You asking a question? You good? Two brothers. One did Yibam on the other, right? One brother died. The other one did, did a Yibam on Tamar. And he also did the same thing because he wanted his own children. He didn't want children in his brother's name. And then he died. And Yehuda didn't want Tamar taking his third son. Because he was nervous that Tamar is this uh, woman who is a Catalanist. Whoever marries her dies. He didn't realize why. So what Tamar did is she dressed up and she got Yehuda to perform the Yibam that was really that was really obligatory, so to speak. Again, it was Kailimat and Tyra. So the family would take care of the Yibam. She says, you're not going to give me your kid? Okay. So she dressed up like a Zaina and she got Yehuda to be with her and that's how we have Machus Beis David. And didn't want, they didn't have any children with her? Correct. Just because they didn't want to have children? Yeah. Exactly. So there were two brothers. One initially married her, died childless. The brother did Yibam. Also ended up uh, dying childless and that's how the story came about. Okay. Says the Gemara, Bishlam Ainan, we understand uh, by Ainan that he did such a thing and he's held accountable for it. He wasted his seat on the ground, right? How do you know what air um, that what he did was? He also killed him. What do you mean also? He died for the same Avera as his younger brother. Okay. Bishlama Ainan, we understand what happened by Ainan Mishom Lai Lai Azara. The reason why Ainan wasted his seed is because he had done Yibam, but he really didn't want to because he wanted his own children under his own name. He didn't care to perpetuate his brother's name, so he didn't. That's why he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to have a child. Ella Er, but by Er, my time of Rachi. Why did Er, the original husband, why did he do this? That uh, you know, he, to to waste his seed. Says the Gemara, Kadesh like this Aber incredible. Tamar was exceedingly beautiful. He didn't want her to become pregnant. Tana Rabbanan. The rabbis learned, and so should we. Crazy message in that, by the way. Nabuch. That's what happens when you have a marriage where it's uh, it's it's about expectation physical expectation. Physical expectation is not a marriage. But that's how, that's how he got married. He's held accountable. He's, he never had a real relationship with his wife. That's it. Tanarab, one of the rabbis, I saw, Pratlakala. I saw, 
is coming to exclude a kala. Okay. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda has been Rabbi Yehuda. The Chomer and the Chom say Prat Lishaloi Kedarka. It's excluding somebody who has relations Shaloi Kedarka. Okay, what's this talking about? This is talking about a regular, regular case. A, a person has bia. You have a husband and wife who have bia, so they become tame until uh, for a day, until the next, uh, until the next evening. So what does it mean? I saw prat kala doesn't apply to a kala. All right. Now what's a kala? The a, a woman the night of her chasna. Okay, and it's also coming to exclude. You're not. Uh, you, you don't have this tuma if you had a a um, um, a relation in an un. Natural way. Omar lay hain bereidarav nachman the rav nachman hain the son of nachman says nachman name a kasav rabbi yehuda maybe rav yehuda holds a tyra chasa al tachshite kala the tyra is careful it's fascinating about tachshite kala women show up to their chuppah women show up to their chuppah mamish yeah after spending hours in the makeup room getting themselves all ready. They come, they come back after the chasta. They want to look good for the husbands. And now you're going to tell her, go into the mikveh, wipe it all off. Yeah? So we give her some time. Give her some time to enjoy her, her, uh, her beauty. And maybe that's the reason why we say she doesn't have to be taival. says, You know why there's no tumah there? Because she can't, she can't uh, conceive anyway. Now, this is fascinating. This, we're dealing with tumah. Conceiving, being able to have a child... Is Kedusha. Why is Anida? Why does she become Tame? Because there was opportunity for Kedusha. Whenever you find impurity, this is such a crucial idea in Yiddishkeit. Whenever there's Tuma, that means there was Kedusha. If there was no Kedusha, you're not going to find Tuma. A corpse becomes Tame because it housed the Neshama. Now that the Neshama leaves, there's Tuma that fills that vacuum. But it's a, it's a sign of holiness. A woman, when she menstruates, there was an opportunity for a child. That opportunity for a child was just left. That Kedusha opportunity just left, Tumah is going to kick in. It always goes hand in hand with each other. Says the Gemara, amazing. You know why there's no Tumah over here? Because she can't conceive. Since there was no opportunity for Kedusha to come about, she's not Tumah. The Ma'akimifiki, what's the Machlekes? Rabban HaSavit, Rabban Hol, Shiv Chazara, Prat Lahara. Shiv Chazara is coming to exclude Hara. Hara means that you have an initial act of intercourse, but not a complete act of intercourse. There was no actual, um, there was no actual zera that came out. There, you don't need. Um, you, you, there's no tum. I saw with her proud shleikedarka coming to exclude a a uh, unnatural way of intercourse. If you deserve, you deserve shleikedarka varo mishiv chazera. Now let's both learn down from shiv chazera. It's not called shiv chazera anyway, and that's why your your potter. I saw her prat lakala is coming to exclude a kala from tumah. When Ravin came, he's from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. He said the name of Ravin, Kol Shoshosa Achar Bailosh Name Eser Shonim Vinases. If a woman um, becomes a widow and ten years later remarries, Shuv Enayeladas, she cannot conceive. Okay. Amar of Nachman, which is Ravin is telling us the name of Ravin. So much of our physical abilities have to do with what our mind has already decided. A woman whose mind has been removed from marriage for this amount of time, for 10 years, 
her body is no longer capable of conceiving. She, she, it's like, it's like mentally always lost. Mom is like Yish. Right? You lose ownership over something. It's, it's not yours anymore. It's incredible. Amr of Nachman, Amr Nachman says, the power of the mind. That's only when she never intended to remarry. But if her mind is on it, she certainly still could. Again, it's a matter of the mind. Rava said to Ravchista's daughter. Now, Rava married Ravchista's daughter, so we're talking about his wife, but we're sharing her yichus. He says, Yeah? The Chachamim are talking behind your back. Okay? They're talking behind your back. Amrale, she says, Don't worry, I've been thinking about you for a while and I can still have children. Meaning, he's saying, my friends are telling me that, you know, uh, it's been too long and you're not able to have children. You, you know, you, never, you haven't been thinking about marriage. She said, I've, I've had my eye on you. Don't worry about it. There was a woman who came to Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi, I waited after my husband died. Ten years. And look, I had a child. Mamish, miracle upon miracles. Amar Allah, Rabbi Yosef says to this woman, Biti, my daughter, It's not possible. If the Chachamim say, A woman who did not intend to marry after she became a widow for 10 years can't have children, I don't believe you. She said, You're right. I had an affair with a non-Jewish woman, with a non-Jewish man, during the 10 years. So it really wasn't 10 years of, uh, of waiting. Okay. Fascinating response. He doesn't say, uh, like, oh, it's a miracle. Yeah, pump the nace. I could Baruch who loves you. He says, you're, you're not telling the truth. Come on. Bring it out. Bring it out. Mamish. <laughs> Omar Shmuel. Shmuel says, In our Mishnah, we said these women need to wait three months. You always need to wait three months in between having relations with a man, except for. A Giyaris, okay, when a, uh, somebody who converts to Judaism, she does not need to wait three months before marrying. And a, a uh, if you have a, a young girl who's freed as a slave, now she becomes automatically Jewish. So we don't obligate them to wait three months before marrying. Now Rashi says, why would we? Because there's a Chazaka that because... Um, slaves and the nations are very promiscuous that we have to assume that that uh, she was involved in such a thing. But if she converts, you don't need to wait uh, three months and say, oh, maybe she's going to have a child in seven months and we have to assume that it was from a guy. Now, Avokatana Basisro. Let's say you have a Katana who is a Basisro, Jewish girl who's a Katana. It seems if she would have relations, even though she's a katana, she would need to wait three months. Because we said only a shifch, only a, uh, uh, yeah, a mishachreres, who's a katana needs to wait three months. But a katana Yisrael would, um, uh, does not need to wait three months. A katana Yisrael would need to wait three months. Says Gemara, ubemai. Okay, what's the case? Ibemion, if she had a previous husband and now she did mion on the husband. And now somebody else wants to marry her. Vamar Shmuel, Shmuel says, You don't need to wait. There's no obligation to wait. Okay. Why? She did Mion. Mion like uproots everything else. 
Seder. Vibiget. And if you had a girl who was married by her father, let's say. So it was a biblical marriage. And now the only way to do it is not with Miyam, but through a get. Amar Shmuel, Chadazimra, she already told us, Damar Shmuel, Miyam Abay, Ain Tzarek Laham Tashesh Chadashim. Nasan Laget, Tzarek Laham Tashesh Chadashim. So what is the added Chiddush now of Shmuel saying, Oh, by the way, V'kulon Tzarek Laham Tashesh Chadashim, Chuzmi Yash V'shiv O'Mishachreros Ketana. Why you got to tell me that to me now? You already told me that Chiddush. You're not teaching me anything extra over here. And for the Gemara, Ella Biznos. Woman was never married. Talking about a young girl who has mezana. And therefore, if you have a, a Jewish girl who's a katana, who's mezana, then she's going to have to wait three months. As opposed to, a, we know she was mezana, as opposed to a regular katana of a, uh, who was a mishachreres uh, or a giyaris, where there's, we, we don't know necessarily that she had relations. Just a chazaka, that a woman in that status, you know, the gayamar promiscuous, so then, that, then we're gonna, not going to hold, you need to wait three months, top of tomorrow's daf, the gazur abana katana mishum gadol, the made a decree on a katana that they need to wait three months because of a gadol. A Jewish woman who's had relations with a man is going to have to wait three months, so too, we extended that and we said even a gadol, even a katana as well. Says the we'll just go another couple steps, to, there's a stopping point here. Should we talk and make a decree on a katana, a Jewish katana, who hasn't, who, you know, who, who uh, hasn't, uh, call it an intercourse, where she's going to have to wait three months. They can go right back. If somebody has an, has an intercourse with a katana who's married, she can go right back to her, so, right, if there was a, because seduction is considered a force by a katana. So she's still with her husband. That Mishnah was said only by a Rasha. We gave a leniency because of a Rasha. Okay? A Rasha means it was a special time in Klal Yisrael where unfortunately these things were happening and we had to give a special leniency. It seems to, to be that, you know, there was a Rasha and these things taka happened where there, there were, a, there were a mistaken or unintentional Znus happening. So Gemara says, the, the Mishnah was said and to unintentionally um, change wives is something that is unusual and therefore ready for this the decree of the of a katana needing to wait three uh, of a katana not needing to wait three months that's one category of halacha and the other situation of waiting three months by um, by a switching of wives, the Chum never made their decree if she was a katana. So hence, if there was an exchange of wives, a katana is not going to have to wait three months. Gedailas, you will make a, you will have to wait three months, and we're not going to be geyser gedaila atu katana. Okay, we'll hold it here up to Lishnachrina, and Beshem will pick up from here tomorrow evening. Agutava.